0: Amen. Well, this morning I'm going to just, we're going to have a conversation, but I'm going to more interview, and I'll throw a few points in here yeah, and there, yeah. but more interview, Kirk Bennett. Sure. Sure. And uh, Kirk and D, where's D at? D, D, stand up, D, stand just up, stay. come on, just, she doesn't like standing up, okay. <laughs> She's the 10 second answer for why these kids, okay, that was a good answer. Well, Kirk and D are giving leadership. Uh, the oversight to a number of our our ministries, the healing rooms, the prophecy teams, the altar ministry here and several other areas as well. And uh, that's uh, something we established last year and you got a lot of training things and the COVID thing kind of slowed us down a little bit on the training. But uh, we're really appreciating the, the history that you've had in the Holy Spirit. You guys moved here about 30 years ago and joined the church I was pastoring you were one of the pastors at the church before you left that to join IHOP. You left a salary to get the big money at IHOP. <laughs> but remember, I told you not to do it. Because when IHOP first started, Ed I get and, free and Alan, I Ed, get free Ed, Ed, Alan Hood and Kirk, they said, we're joining IHOP. I go, no, because they were about 40 years old. You know, I go, you got young families? No. I said, you guys, this is for me and some single 20-year-olds until we get established. (laughs) I go, let us get established first. And all three of them just disregarded that and obeyed the Lord, and you made that strange jump, and it worked, but... It was amazing. I I told you not to, but you did it anyway. You did, I'm glad you did, because you strengthened IHOP dramatically from, from day one, you and Ed and Alan and your wives and family. And of course, all your children, all of them, of those three families, were in the... Worship teams from day one all yeah. the way through. And so, no,
1: they all were. They grew up in the, in the house of the Lord.
0: It's amazing. So uh, today we, we want to talk about, we just want to strengthen and stir up uh, mm-hmm. our faith and our expectation to move in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, the, the scripture, the New Testament in Second Corinthians 6, Paul the Apostle said, Today is the day of salvation. Meaning that we can move in the Holy Spirit today. We're not waiting for the COVID thing to lift or the shutdown to be reversed. You know, let's get all the ministry teams back. No, we're moving in the Holy Spirit today. We're not waiting for the great revival. Uh, Revival's breaking out in an unusual way in various parts of the earth, but in the Western world, it's not moving at the pace. We're not waiting until it picks up. We're moving in the Holy Spirit today. So today's the day. A brand new believer can pray for the sick Cast out demons and prophesy. A brand new believer. You don't need, you know, 10 classes in a, in a degree in seminary to take your hand out of your pocket, lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. And the reason, because it's based on what Jesus did on the cross and resurrection and we have the Holy Spirit. It's not based on how good we are, how much we know, or how if we're in a good mood, or, you know, I, I remember once going, I'm just so tired, and the Lord whispered in my heart, the Holy Spirit's not, so you're good. You know, I was leading a ministry time. I'm tired. I just, just speak the word of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit's not tired, and he's not worn out, so just don't worry about it. It's not based on you. I'm going to read a couple verses, and then Kirk's going to jump in and make some different comments. we got a different, few different points to make, but we really want to stir us up. Most of you already know this, but I find if you're like me and we're all kind of the same, we need to be stirred up to the things we know. We need to be stirred up to the things that we do, that we're committed to. We go, oh yeah, yeah. Today is the day. I'm going to read a couple verses to you. Acts chapter two. Let's put it up on the screen there. Acts chapter two. Okay, it's down here. I can see it. It says, "And it shall come to pass in the last days, I will pour out my spirit." Here's the key phrase: on all flesh, every single believer. Let's go to the next verse. All flesh means every born and good believer. They'll prophesy with dreams and visions, etc. Let's go to the next verse. It's going to be on all the men, servants and major servants of the Lord. Men, women, old and young. All flesh, every believer can prophesy. Let's go to one more verse. The next one. And the next one. And these things will happen. Next one. Before, look at that. Before Jesus returns. This isn't just the miracles that happen right at his coming. The increase of every believer operating in the spirit is before the Lord returns. It's for this hour of history right now. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31. I'm going to read a few verses, and then we're going to make some comments there. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31. For you all can prophesy. Kirk, what does the word all mean in the Greek? You know, when you look it up, it means all. Okay, good. Let's go to the next verse. (laughs) I'm so glad I'm here
2: today. I, could.
0: <laughs> I told you I'd give you easy questions. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. The manifestation is given to each one. What does each one mean in the Greek? Uh, each one. Okay, like, good. Let's go to the next verse. Matthew chapter 10. It's hard to 10. explain. We all know these verses, but let's just hear them fresh. Matthew 10. Jesus gave the commission heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. I freely gave you this by the grace of God. This is yours for free. It's because of what he did on the cross. Again, it's not how good your week was, how many hours you spent in prayer, what mood you're in, how much energy you have. The authority of Jesus is based on him, not on our mood, not on our volume, not if we scream, in the name of Jesus, the demons really listen They don't listen because of our energy, our volume, our personality. They listen because of him. You can whisper in the name of Jesus. And the demons, if it's in the name of Jesus, they have to obey his word. One more verse. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And these signs will follow those who believe. Now, How many of you are believers in this room? Obviously, I'm a believer, so that's you. In my name, if you believe in Jesus, in my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. Next verse. In my name, drink, drink, blah, 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 blah. They will lay hands on the sick. That's the phrase I was looking for. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) No, I love that. I love that.
1: Uh, just real quick, look at Numbers chapter 11, and I'm going to give the screen guys the challenge.
0: This Because is, they don't have that ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Numbers 11, yeah. okay.
1: Numbers 11, the first um, outpouring in the Bible does not happen at corresponding to Pentecost and the giving of the law in Exodus 19. It actually happens in Numbers 11. In Numbers 11, Moses has, has experienced pastoral burnout. All the people are complaining, and he's in pastoral burnout. Here's how we know. Verse 15, Moses says to God, If you're going to treat me this way, please just kill me now. That's pastoral burnout right there. If, if he, he turns you know to what? God. I guess
0: I'm not burned out. If, if that's what burn. <laughs> no. I'm a little tired. He but. says, kill
1: me now. Do not let me see my wretchedness. He knows what's about to come out of him in the midst of carrying the burden of the people. And here's what God does. God says, I'm not gonna kill you, but verse 16, gather the 70 to me, Gather the 70 elders. Now we know 68 go out, two missed the meeting. There were two fathers evidently. Their names were El Dad and Me Dad, so they must have been fathers. And, and they missed the meeting. They're back in the camp. Okay, some of you got that. Okay, and, and all the rest, the 68, go outside of the camp. And here's what God says. I'll put the spirit that is on you on them. Now the spirit that he's carrying is, is this heavy load of, look, I didn't birth these people. I didn't bring these people out of Egypt. This is you, and I'm carrying this. I can't take it anymore. God says, well, I'm going to take that burden, but I'm going to put the spirit that's on you, on them. And what happens is he puts the spirit on them, and look what happens. Um, they begin to prophesy. This is verse, uh, let me see it here. Uh, Verse 25, then the Lord came down in the cloud, spoke to him, took the spirit that was upon him, and it happened when the spirit rested upon them, they all begin to prophesy. They all begin to prophesy. Now the two dads missed the meeting, they're back in the camp, playing with the kids, and the two dads start prophesying as well. And a messenger comes out, hey, Eldab and Medad are prophesying inside of the camp. Now Joshua is next in line to be the main leader with the spirit on him, and he's jealous. And he goes, hey, Moses, forbid them from prophesying. And God turns to Joshua and says, "Are, are you jealous for me, or are you zealous for yourself, basically? is what he's saying. Then Moses says this, it's an intercession, it's a longing, and it's coming from the heart of God. He says, oh, in verse 29, oh. And Mike, what's that mean in, in the Hebrew? Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a groaning. Oh, that, that the Lord's people were all prophets. What's all mean? All, all. All the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. So he's equivocating prophets with the spirit being upon them. How many many of you have the
0: spirit upon you? Well, if you're a born again believer, the spirit is in you. And you have the ability to prophesy if the spirit of God lives in you, if you know Jesus. And then that
1: prophecy is he comes up on you during times where this unction will come upon you. Now, we don't have to scream and yell and roll on the floor and prove we're prophets, but that that is normative. What he is saying here is then what hap- What gets prophesied in Joel and what happens in Acts is they all begin to prophesy when the outpouring occurs. So this is the First outpouring, and then ongoing outpourings. What I'm trying to say is you qualify. I have a lot of people, and I, I try to recruit them into prophecy and healing teams, and they go, oh, I'm not prophetic. And I go, wait, doesn't the Holy Spirit live in you? Yeah. I go, you count. He's if you're prophetic. born
0: again, you're prophetic. You just got to get in touch with
1: it." <laughs> the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He's really prophetic. I don't know if you know that or not. He's really prophetic. He lives on the inside. Now, that doesn't mean everything you say and everything you think is God is God. There's a filter. There's a filter because God's an eternal being, so there's a filter between him and humanity, and then there's a filter of what we see and hear, and, and, and uh, there's that filter of, of we're using human words to
0: describe something that God, who's not human, is revealing. Wait, and say say that again. We're, prophecy is human, is using human words to report what God has put in our heart or our mind. Right. And therefore, we don't say it always perfectly, because we're reporting what we receive, and we might receive something and say it and might, well, that's not exactly what I told you, because we're humans.
1: I'll give you a little example in the, in the prophecy rooms one time. I, uh, this guy came in, and of course, you know, we have this fundamental, be encouraging, be building in prophecy. We have this fundamental for that. And so this guy comes into the prayer room. I literally see in a vision the word greed written across his forehead. I'm going, oh, great. You know, this is gonna be fun. Thus says the Lord. You're greedy, you know, it's like, and I, I, I'm stuck in this place because I see this and I go, ah, I've got the Holy Spirit living in me. Maybe I should ask him what I should say instead of just assuming what I see is what I should say. And so I turned to the Lord and I said, Lord, what do I say to this guy? And The Lord says, tell him he's a radical giver in the kingdom. And I'm going, Really? I went, uh, okay. I feel like the Lord's saying, you're a radical giver in the kingdom. You know what he did? He looked at me, and goes, I always thought I was greedy. <laughs> like we both had a laugh. I didn't tell him ever what I saw, and, but he started to tear up and he said, you know, I'm gonna take that word. I think you're right. I think I'm supposed to be. I'm going to change things. So the Lord
0: was really saying with greed, I'm going to liberate him from greed. Right. But that, if you would have just said you're greedy, you would have reported right. the wrong message. Right. And here's the thing with prophecy. We think
1: whatever we see, whatever we hear, we're to rush to the microphone and say it. No, no. Ask God what it means. Ask God what you should do. Ask God when you should do it. And I, I've been around the prophetic movement for 35 years around a lot of the big guys in the prophetic movement. Timing is the least of of, of, of what they carry in, in the in prophetic. In other words,
0: we miss it most on, on timing, timing, on sharing it exactly. out of God's exactly,
1: timing. Exactly. We miss it most of the time. And I believe we as a community have a great advantage here because we believe in ministering to God, not just before we go out, but continuously. And in that ministry to God, there's a continuous conversation where we can process these things and not just spit out what we think it means, what we think a person should do in light of what we've seen. But we should, we can listen to the Lord and the Lord might say, no, don't say anything. Don't even t- say anything. Or he might say, say this. Or he might say, say this, but not yet. Wait, wait for And in this, we find that not only we're ministering to people, we're increasing in intimacy with the Lord. We're increasing in a relationship with him. I've had times where he said, he showed me a word for a person, but the point was to pray for their healing and a certain thing I didn't even know about. And and so be in that dialogue with God when you're doing this, and he'll tell you a lot more. And he'll tell you things that say, but don't say this, say this.
0: Well, I'm going to just kind of summarize what we've both said in the last five or seven minutes is that, because this is the key message of today, it's the the idea that today is the day we move in the spirit and everybody, the newest believer, the youngest believer can move in the spirit, meaning they can prophesy, heal the sick, cast out demons, everyone can. And the big challenge is getting people through this gap, because they don't think they can, they're not qualified. I haven't gone to the class. I haven't really paid attention to impressions the Holy Spirit's given me. So I can't. And the idea is, once you understand it's God's will for you to do it, then you change the conversation you have in your heart with the Lord, and then more and more begins to happen. So what what Kirk just said in, in a Numbers eleven, Moses is worn out, wants to die. Lord, kill me! He, and that's serious. You know, it's, you can say it, it's kind of funny, but it, he he meant it. Yeah. Three million people in his congregation, yeah. they were complaining, and he says, "I don't want to do this no more." And what the Lord's answer is, "No. What you need is a multiplication of the grace of God and other leaders. Don't quit, but let seventy more elders move in the same yes. power you're moving in." Yes. And then even the couple elders that were not at the meeting, the Spirit hit them as well. And the Lord's answer is always the multiplication of the Spirit upon more and more people, not on just a few guys or gals in the leadership. It's on everyone. So I'm going to give those verses to you again, just rapid fire. Acts 2, the Spirit will come on all flesh, meaning all born-again believers, sons and daughters. First Corinthians 14, all of you can prophesy 1 Corinthians 12, 7, to each one I've given the manifestation of the Spirit. Now, I've talked, so it's for everybody. And again, it's based on what Jesus did on the cross. It's not based on how we feel, how we're doing. So I've, I remember someone coming up to me, and I think Kirk made a good point a moment ago. They came up to me and said, I'm in the healing, uh, on the healing uh, rooms, on those teams. I go every Wednesday on, on the healing teams. And uh, so... I think that's my calling. I don't want to join the prophecy teams. And I said, no, if you're in the healing teams, you you still prophesy. You don't stop prophesying because you're praying for cancer to leave their body. I talked to the prophecy folks and of course they all knew it. I said, if you prophesy and they need healing, lay hands on them. And I said, it's not just prophecy and healing teams. If you're in the accounting office (laughs) and someone walks in you can prophesy and pray for them to be healed. If you're in the marketplace, if you're on the soccer team, if you're homeschooling, you don't need to be on a team. And whatever team you're on, you do all of this stuff. Now, admittedly, the Lord gives a a, a multiplication of grace to some people in areas. All of us witness, we tell people about Jesus, but some people, like Billy Graham, are evangelists. They have a greater measure everybody heals the sick but some people have an unusual grace on them healing like dan dan Bohai, dan wave he he's for years goes around thousands of healings everybody could prophesy. some folks have an, a a a measure of that grace on them that is distinct and they're in the office of the prophet some everybody prays for god to move in our city but some are intercessors at another level but we all do all the stuff i just wanted to say that again one more passage I'm gonna look at. It's in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. Paul says, Now that you know that everybody can do it all, earnestly desire it. That's the that's the issue right yes. there, and Kirk. I want you to comment on that in a moment. That's 1 Corinthians 14, brother. Well, the 1231 and the 141. Oh, okay. I mean there's okay, two sorry. of them back to back. Yeah, he yeah. says it two times in a row. Yeah. He says, earnestly go after this, pursue it. People used to say, seek the uh, Seek the giver, not the gifts. Seek his face, not his hand. And I, I used to say that too, and but I was wrong. We don't seek his face instead of his hand. We seek his face first, but we seek his hand as well. Yes. We don't seek just the giver. We do seek the gifts. Paul said in twelve thirty-one Corinthians and fourteen and one, it's not enough to know that God has given them. You have to seek them, meaning you have to talk to the lord about it and be eager if you're eager for it and you talk to the lord more will happen it doesn't mean you're gonna you know do more healings than Reinhard bonky did in his five million member crusades and all that but much more will happen if you pursue it and you seek it
1: so true i remember a mike bickle story um Two years before we moved here, we came into all the teaching that was thirty years the, ago. Yes, yes. So thirty-two years ago. I'm I'm learning about the gifts. I got ambushed by the Holy Spirit. I didn't have a theology for what he did, evidently. And so he just ambushed me, you know. I did I taught against tongues and now I are one, you know. It, it's just I got overtaken by the spirit and he starts speaking. Nobody's there, nobody's telling me move your mouth, anything like that. The Spirit overtakes me, and I start speaking in tongues, and now I'm stuck because, uh, you know, I, 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 it ruined my theology, basically. Uh, but th- then I heard a Mike Bickel teaching, and he's teaching about the gift of tongues and the value of it as a prayer language and, and developing this, this interchange by the Spirit where you really don't know what you're saying. And, and he talked about different languages and, and that, that some people have more than one tongue. And I was like, wait, what? I want that. And so I began to pursue in prayer. Lord, now, you, again, you can't fake tongues. I mean, but I began to pursue in prayer by just intensely praying in my prayer language and asking God for, uh, for another prayer language. And I got one. Because the one I had, I loved to sing and and, and just before the Lord, you know i 'm a great singer in the shower, but um the the um, i i I wanted to be able to sing in tongues and and i I just started asking for it and started contending for it, and started praying and suddenly i i this other tongue overtakes me, and i 'm able to speak in another language and but it was pursuing i didn 't know that you were to pursue these things. I thought gift, just given, be satisfied with the one you got. If the batteries run out, get new batteries. You know, you can't get any more gifts. That's all you get. You get this one, be thankful to the giver and all of that. No, Paul's saying, go after these. Go after these. How many are you satisfied with? That's the amount you'll have. Just don't be satisfied with just a few. Ask for them. And don't try to prove to others or anything like that. Just cry out. The longing of, of more gifts is a God-given longing. He wants you to long for him. That's what Paul saying. And what I have found
0: over the years in my life and many others as well, is that you might move in a dimension of the Holy Spirit one time. In the next season or two, you get distracted and you kind of drift away from it. And the Lord's not angry at you, but he's saying, you got to pursue it again. Well, I did that last year. Well, The reason you did it last year, because you were leaning into me, you were reaching for it. So that's not something you do once, and once it's established, you're there. It's even like physical exercise. You you could work out 10 years ago, but we know that today, that doesn't help us much today, does it? I wear black now. Okay, so my (laughs) point is, we have to be reaching for it on a regular basis. We're not content at whatever measure, and we're not content at what we did a year or two ago. Now, there's a difference in the scripture between the office of the prophet, the guy or gal that has these, you know, more, a higher uh, kind of amount of, a higher, I mean, a greater, more dramatic kind of information about future events, et cetera, et cetera. Not all are prophets. Not so many are prophets of that level. I don't know the number, but everyone can prophesy. And the phrase that's been, I've used, I've got it from other people, is called simple prophecy. Prophecy. Every, 1 Corinthians 14, verse three, is simple prophecy, I'm gonna read it to you. 1 Corinthians 14, verse three, said, he that prophesies, here's what they do, three things. They speak for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Meaning you're edifying, you're exhorting, and you're comforting people. You're, it says the first word here, you're edifying them. You might have an impression, and the edification is you're just confirming what they already know, but they were asking the Lord for a confirmation. You know, the guy says, you know, I'm supposed to be doing this and Lord confirm it. And, and you just simply say something, the Lord wants you involved more in outreaches. And the guy goes, just yesterday, I said, Lord, should I be more involved in outreaches? Yeah, yeah. And the person that gave them the simple prophecy, all they said is, I think the Lord wants you to be more involved in outreaches. It's a very simple thing, but it, it, it was an edification. Or it might be an exhortation where you're calling them to a new perseverance in a difficult time. You're exhorting them to not quit. And the words are very, very simple. The words are very, very simple. And other times it's comforting them. You're giving them God's perspective on a situation they're in, that the Lord sees you, he loves you, he's with you. You think, well, of course he is. But when you say that uh, to somebody who's hurting and they said, Lord, are you with me? They just said it that day. And you go, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but the Lord's with you. They go, oh my gosh, I just said that today to the Lord. It is... It is so simple. It is simple, simple, simple. And a lot of folks wait for something dramatic. And the way this happens, and Kirk, you developed this a little bit more here, that the Lord will give you simple, faint impressions. I mean, yes. they're just little faint impressions. Yes. And you give expression to the impression. Yeah. That was a phrase that Paul Cain used all the time. You get the little faint impression, and you give expression to it, you say it. You don't have to say, thus says the Lord. Matter of fact, I encourage people not to say, thus says the Lord. Just say something like, hey, can I pray for you in this way? And if it's the Lord, they're gonna say, that's the Lord. You don't have to dress it up. All you gotta do is say, you know, I just wanna pray and ask it. That's how I've done it over the years. I've prophesied to a lot of people without saying thus says the Lord or without saying it's prophecy. I'd say, hey, I want to pray for you that the Lord's going to release a spirit of generosity like that guy. And that guy would go, oh my goodness, that was the Lord. I was talking to him about that today. And the phrase I've used over the years is being supernaturally natural. We don't have to get in a trance-like state. We don't have to like get that look in our eye. We don't have to like raise our voice and scream and shy shake. And some of those things might happen sometimes. But you don't have to kick into another gear it's supernaturally natural. And hey, can I pray for you that the Lord would give generosity to you? Yeah. If you say it that way, it takes the risk factor of, thus says the Lord. He's gonna break the power of greed in you, brother, in the name of Jesus. I just dial it down and make it supernaturally natural. And if you do that, you'll take a lot more risks and you'll speak a lot more things to people. But if you're waiting for an audible voice or gonna get all you know ramped up and hyped up, then you're gonna say I'm only gonna do that once or twice a year or once or twice a decade, right. and then you actually take yourself out of the game, so
1: to speak. That's so true, and I've I've watched this dynamic in in churches all, all over the world where the, you know two people, you know when I, when I meet with a pastor and go you know we want to help you grow a prophetic community, and and they look at me and and they go oh no, because they have only two people in their Church, and one guy is weird and dresses like he 's from the 50s, and the other guy 's really weird, and those are the only two people they call prophets in their midst and so and when you go I, I want to incre- help you increase the prophetic activity in your community they 're going no that 's like fifty more emails and i 'm you know every Monday morning because they have oh.
0: this eccentric intense out of out of reach model. All of us can give expression to exactly. our impressions. If we ask the Lord more, you will get more dreams if you ask for them.
1: This is this is the still small voice. Learning as a people to listen to that still the, small the fake voice. The faint impression. Yeah. The, the whole thing when Elijah takes down the prophets of Baal and then runs to see if God took out Jezebel too. And Jezebel's warning, you know, I'm I'm going to kill you within a day and Elijah runs 400 miles away all the way down to Mount Sinai he's there and you know the the fire and the and, and the earthquake and the rock splitting and the god's voice isn't in that it's that still small voice and i wonder if if Elijah had waited up there in front of Jezebel that still small voice it might have Handout out completely different it might have been a 7000 who hadn't bowed the knee revival in at carmel but instead he ran in fear Because God's trying to teach him about, no, listen to that still, small voice that's there. You have that still, small voice, and you don't have to be Elijah to have that. It's the Spirit of the Lord who dwells on the inside that Jesus promised in the upper room discourse, which is massive to us right now, I believe, is the upper room discourse, 13 through 17 of of John. And in that, Jesus says, no, the helper is coming the helper is coming and here's how he's going to help he's the spirit of truth and he's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to guide you. It's this guide voice that's not always talking, that's drawing and leading. And it's how we learn to be sensitive in our spirit is this helper, this what Jesus called the vantage. This is the great advantage. I go away. I can send him and he'll guide you into these things with
0: this still small voice. Do you imagine Elijah, the great prophet of the Old Testament, 1 Kings 19, the passage he just talked about, all these tremendous manifestations are happening. I won't go into it. He just said a little bit about it. And then the Lord said, it's the still small voice that's going to release the prophetic word. And the still small voice is the faint impression. You're standing in front of a person, you're talking to them. It's a friend, it's a family member. And you just say something simple like, you know, I'm gonna pray the Lord would encourage you. Why did you say that? Well, you just felt it. I yeah. think it's not some gigantic stars and stripes and, you right. know, Roman yeah. candles blowing off. You just feel like he needs encouragement. The Lord says, that's the whisper in you, say it. Yeah. I don't wanna say that. I don't wanna say, thus says the Lord. You... Well, don't say this, says the Lord. Yeah. Just be supernaturally natural. Hey, can I pray for her? The Lord just encouraged you to give you a word. And the guy goes, If you give expression to those little impressions or you get a picture in your mind, and some of those pictures are not from God. Some of them are. How do you navigate it? You just, you don't say, this is from the Lord. You just say, you get a picture. You don't have to tell them that. You say, I want to pray. And this idea comes to me. I'm just going to pray it for you. If it helps you good, if it doesn't, throw it away. And I tell you, a lot of times it's going to help them. But a lot of folks go, oh, that's the still small. Are you kidding? And when I began to learn that those faint impressions, if I gave expression to them, they would increase. And a half of them ended up being prophetic. Yeah. I called them accidental prophecies. Yeah. like, I didn't even mean to be prophesying to you. No. And and again, if you dial it down, don't put the big language on it, you will see them get touched, you know, maybe half the time. Half the time it didn't make any sense to them, but it's not a big deal because you didn't say "Thus says the Lord or anything. You said, I just... This idea came to my mind. I'm gonna pray it over you. And I'm telling you, you will increase in those words. Those are words of knowledge. If you ask the Lord to give you more impressions and more dreams, he will give you more if you ask. If you don't ask, you're still going to get a few, but it will increase in the seasons you ask. So
1: true. We have not because we ask not. It's very plain, and we think that's about getting stuff. But Jesus is going, no, ask of me, what am I doing? Where am I going? And this kind of thing. You know, we used to wear uh, bracelets for a while. Everybody wore a WWJD bracelet. What would Jesus do? Jesus yeah. do. Yeah, I have one, WWED. What would Ed Hackett do? You yeah, know, yeah, that was that mine. You had, had PG, that one, too. You yeah, had that one, too. I had okay. the Ed Hackett one. <laughs> <laughs> so I love. Ed Hackett. He's so godly. Um, but uh, um, well, it, the, I, I, re, I began to realize it's the wrong question. What would Jesus do? That's assuming Jesus isn't here and he doesn't want to tell you. And you've got to go back to your resources and principles to figure out what to do. No, the question is, what is Jesus doing? And if we begin to ask him that what are you doing, Jesus, right now? So many times, he'll go, well, I'm doing this. Well, can I do that with you? Yeah, come on, let's do it together. And and this whole thing that Jesus said, which I, I'm hearing more and more among the uh, the prophetic ministers and the Holy Spirit ministers who are just ministering in the Spirit, The the key right now is doing what the father was doing. And that's what Jesus said. Jesus said in John chapter 5, 19, he said, the son can do nothing but what he sees the father doing. He can do, Jesus restrained his own will strictly, his own will, he says, I'm not gonna do this on my own. I'm only gonna do what the father is doing. And that was a lot more fun. We would have a lot more fun, meaning enjoyment in the spirit, if we would simply go, God, what are you doing? I want to do that rather than, oh, let's create a vision. Let's create a strategy. Let's create it. And we'll do this. And, and, and God's going, okay, I'll and bless that. And you know what the that. Lord's
0: doing? He's comforting people, encouraging people, edifying people, and healing people. That's so right. He goes, I'll do more through That's you so if right. you'll simply ask me. Yeah. He will do more if we ask him. Now, one of the principles in moving in the Spirit is we make a declaration. A declaration, I'm not talking about loud or soft. We say words, and then the Spirit moves. Many, many times, and I'm not going to give all the Bible verses on it, many times in the scriptures, clear, the Spirit waits until one of his servants says something that's in agreement with him, then he moves. So a declaration precedes a demonstration of power. There's a sick person there. You can skip it. And the Lord says, okay, if you say something, I'm going to pray for you. Lord, just touch them. More will happen after you say it than would if you do not say it. And we miss many opportunities simply because we don't give the declaration that precedes the demonstration. Wow. That's a principle of the kingdom. Wow. It really is. Yeah. Last, wait. last thing I want to say, and then we're gonna go uh, get your hands out of your pocket and pray for people. And no, no I mean it's just no, sitting sentence, here, yeah. like this, what you said. <laughs> and so I'm gonna give one more thing is that one of the key area attitude, I mean uh, mindsets, is that we cannot despise the day of small beginnings, the small measures. It's like the guy goes, "Well, I prayed for the guy. He had a headache, and his headache went away a little bit." He said, "I go, that's better than it not going away a little bit." <laughs> I go, we don't have to wait till the guy is raised from the dead. If it goes down 10%, it's not the devil. It's not the
1: flesh. No, exactly.
0: Let's take whatever he gives us. Yes. And let's not say, well, the big stuff, I'll say, thank you. The little stuff, I'm going to ignore. The Lord says, no, be faithful with the little stuff. And I'll give the big stuff here and there. You don't know when the big stuff's coming. The big stuff happens while you're doing the little stuff. Pray for headaches. Pray for discouraged people. Pray for little things. And don't measure it. Just go, well, hey, you know, we do what we do. And we just keep on doing it. We're not waiting for big measures of power before we engage. So you're not waiting till you're on the prophecy teams, the healing teams, the ministry teams. You do it everywhere. You do it at the soccer league. You do it at Walmart. You were talking about that earlier. You do it at your home. You do it everywhere. Yeah. You don't have to have a ministry organizational position to do the stuff. Yes. You do it everywhere.
1: Yes. That, that's so important. And you know positions uh you know sometimes they can afford training they can afford you know that empowerment Some ministry that we positions, need. Yeah. yeah and and that kind of thing which is good but sometimes it gives us permission to not do it oh those are the experts they'll do it and and it begins to become oh no i'm i'm i can't prophesy to you you got to go to the healing rooms
0: and 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 you get Wait, this. that's really nice. important that because we have healing rooms prophecy teams and altar teams some folks go oh they do that not me yeah just say that again it, that's no, really it no it happens it
1: happens all, all the time it happens with us as leaders we get too busy and and someone goes hey uh, you know could i could i have you pray for me and we go no go to the prayer people they'll pray for you you know because we're too busy and and God's gone hello that was me i was just bringing him in front of you and you have the word of the lord for him and so we must not and now Don't everybody go to Mike and and ask him for a prayer and a a prophetic word. But we are to model this, and and we have rooms, and we have uh, rooms for healing, rooms for prophecy, so that everyone can be empowered to do this, not just through those rooms, but throughout our base. Our base, I, I think Grandview right now should be the most dangerous place to the COVID virus that there is in the earth right now. We've got day and night prayer going, and, and we need to contend for more in that. We need to contend on the microphone, in, in our prayer groups, in our prayer meetings, in our Zoom meetings. We need to com- 10, for the God come upon us, come upon our leaders, come upon our people, come upon the average one and let them prophesy, prophesy. You know, in, in Numbers 11, it happens just with the elders and we could go, oh, it was just with the elders. It was, you have to be an elder now to do this. No, no, James is saying, Elijah was a man like us. Moses was a man like us. This is for us, the normal people. And James is saying, I'm not an apostle. I'm a normal guy. I'm Jesus' little brother, you know. I just, I just hang out and try to figure out what he's doing and do that, you know. And, and he's, he's, he's putting it on our level so that we can walk together in this, the body is going to build the body. The body is going to heal the body. This is how God has ordained the body to function in healing and building and prophecy. All the gifts can be called prophecy. You know, they really can technically. Yes, yeah. simple prophecy. Revelation nineteen ten says, uh, you know, the 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 being who's talking to John. It's either an elder or an angel. He, he says, um, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. This is the testimony of Jesus. We are all carrying the testimony of Jesus. And in Mark, that's supposed to follow those who believe that testimony of Jesus through the miraculous, supernatural. Now, it it's doesn't have to be hyped. We can be naturally supernatural
0: in, in this, and, and, and we can be supernaturally natural. Which means we the- can hear, receive the impressions, but be normal people and don't get all yeah. hyped up. Yeah. That's what that means, <laughs> yeah. basically. I, I remember John Wimber describing the
1: first healing that was a breakthrough healing. He, he he They were praying and praying and praying for people to be healed over and over again, and seeing zero results. And, and and John Wimber's gone. He called the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He called it the stuff, and because when he first got saved. He was, he was doing the enemy stuff. And he went to an elder and when he went to a church and said, when do we do the stuff? And the guy goes, what are you talking about? The stuff, the stuff in the Bible that Jesus did. He said, look, I gave up drugs for this. I, I, wanna, I want something cool, you know. And, and, and the elder says, we don't do it. We talk about it and think about it. We don't do it. He goes, no, no. And, and so he became a contender for the stuff. And and so they start praying for people for healings. They just believe God wants to heal people through us. They start praying for people and praying for people and they're doing it behind a curtain on on the stage of an elementary school because No one was getting healed, and then people were getting worse, and they're like, we don't want anybody to see this. We want to just keep doing believing for this, and it was really intercession that they were doing, and then God speaks to John Wimber one day and says, I want out from behind the curtain. (laughs) and John's going no this is not good so they he brings it to a ministry in the in front of the platform they start praying for people over and over people were getting sicker to where John people would come to John will you pray for my healing he'd go no I don't want to you'll probably die or something and this lady comes and they're just taking the hand out of the pocket and going we're just going to do it we're just going to do it we believe in the holy spirit we believe in the work of the holy spirit and and this lady comes to to uh john wimber and and um she has this gorter on her neck and and uh she goes will you pray for me and he's going ew you know i have this lump on my neck and he, he's he's going ew you know and he just kind of almost turns the other way, touches her neck, and says, uh, be gone in the name of Jesus. And boom, it instantly disappears. This is
0: after like a year of praying every church service, <clears throat> excuse me, for 50 or 100 people, and no one got healed for a year. Yeah. John Wimber didn't know that in the 80s yeah. and 90s, he would end up having an internationally famous, well-known healing ministry. Yeah. He'd never seen anybody healed But he went a year and nobody got healed. So he started thinking it's not gonna happen. He had no idea what the next 20 years was gonna be, but he stayed with it. He said, I was like oh for ten thousand the first year. Yeah. Yeah. I was ready to give up, but it was in the Bible I couldn't, but he didn't know the Lord was training him in a special way to have an internationally renowned healing ministry. And so the Lord did, because we don't have to wait a year, but he was doing something special to John. And then he became made that phrase famous, doing the stuff. They were talking about it all over the world in the 80s. And that's really what we want to embrace. And it's not going back. It's going
1: forward. Where God wants to take us in this hour is forward in things that we've heard are prophesied. They shall all prophesy before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. You know, Mike has a prophecy that was given to him uh, by uh, Augustine and then by... uh, Bob Jones, and in it was, you know, you know, a worldwide movement, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit will be in full operation in your midst. We want to be a wineskin where that can happen. We want to be friendly to that prophecy. We can't make that happen,
0: but we can contend for that to happen. And we can be faithful in the day of smallness before and get entrusted with the larger things later. Yeah. And and it's just as
1: simple as, hey, grab another person. Jesus always sent them in twos. And we've we've seen a lot of weird stuff happen with prophecy when somebody goes, hey, Mike, I got a word for you. Come on into the back room and, you know, can't tell anybody else and all this. It gets weird. And Jesus sent them in two for a reason. And, And part of it was a synergy of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And part of it was just accountability that, that there was another witness there, if you did it wrong and said it wrong, you, you could have that, you know, instead of, I got manipulated and, and it was in secret and no one can tell. And we have terrible stories about that throughout recent church history. But God, God in Christ sent them in twos, not just the 12, he sent the 70 in twos. He didn't just send the twelve. He sent them, gave them authority to cast out demons, and said, "Hey, go for this thing, go for this thing." So we want to encourage you at, at, at times. Hey, just grab another person and
0: go for this thing. Go for well, I mean, it. Just go out on, on just go out to the park and ask yeah. who you can pray for. You know? Yeah,
1: and and l- I, I was telling Mike, you know, if, if if you're at Walmart, you know, and you get a prophetic word for someone. And, you know, Walmart's easy. Look around. There's someone else from this community in the Walmart on State Line. I guarantee it. Just find them. They're your partner. And go for this and minister to some people. Martin City Coffees is the same way, you know? Just look around. You'll find someone else. My nephew, Andy, uh, got got hit by a team in Martin City Coffee. And they go, hey, can we prophesy over you?
0: And, And so, yeah. Well, we're gonna pray for the sick right now. And sometimes when you pray for the sick, the Lord gives words of knowledge I Meaning he'll tell one or two or three, four people. He'll highlight an area of sickness that's in the room. and You pray for it. You don't need that highlight to pray for the sick. Right. But sometimes he does it because it helps the person that has that particular illness. They go, wow, it stirs their faith up. Yeah. And so we're going to just wait on the Lord for a few moments. We're, I'm going to ask that we do two things. Dan, you want to come on up here? Dan, hey, Dan can you come up here? Well, we're gonna do two things. I'm gonna ask the Lord, I'm gonna first pray this and then Dan, I'm gonna give you my microphone here. And so I wanna first, let's have everybody stand if you would, okay? Kirk, you want help me? Oh, okay you got one. I'm gonna pray before we g- give any words of knowledge for healing, I'm gonna just pray that the Lord would, I don't know if the right phrase is, kind of reactivate our expectation for healing and prophecy and deliverance to get the whole community saying, I wanna do this at home, at the marketplace, at the office, in the park. You know, you can't always be with two, but if you're gonna go out deliberately, grab two if you can. I mean, that, I think that's better. But don't wait on that person. If, you get, if someone's in front of you, ask them, hey, can I pray for you?
1: I wanna say one thing about this. Instantly, when we normally go to a mode like this and Dan Bohai, he's you know, a man who does healings all over the world. Uh, okay, this is amazing, and everybody immediately goes into receive mode, where, oh, I hope he calls me out, I hope he calls, I hope I get prayer from Dan Bohai, how many of you honestly feel that way, Uh, yeah, you're liars, okay, (laughs) thank you, Isaac, (laughs) my son tells the truth, okay, anytime we do this kind of way of doing it, words of knowledge off the stage, everyone goes into a I hope I get one. I want to encourage you to look around the room and go, "Lord, do I have something? Would you give me something?" And what if for he gives someone? you
0: something for someone 3 rows behind because they need a kidney problem and they say, "Hey, can I pray for your body?"
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is um this this is something that we want to exhort you to learn not just hope you get a word and walk away oh man i didn't get a word but walk away going no i i i understood that i was sensing that same thing or i feel like i have something for someone in the room as well and and that kind of thing and while we don't necessarily have the time to do that we want to Commission people into this. What qualifies the you the whole body here? Exactly. It's you have already been qualified by Jesus saying these signs will follow you. Even those if you believe. had a bad
0: week or a bad month. I haven't prayed, I haven't especially, talked to God much, I got stuck in something. Oh my goodness, the Lord says repent of it. Push delete on it, get your hands out of your pocket, pray yeah. for the sick today, because it's my authority and my work on the cross, not how good your last yes. month was. Now, and, and
1: I think it's advantageous to have masks because a lot of times, we're, uh, you know, when we first start doing this, we want people to be impressed with us. Well, nobody knows who you are. You have a mask on. That's perfect. You know, <laughs> so,
0: arc, arc, arc.
1: <laughs> and and so don't don't try to feed this. I'm prophetic or I'm I'm healing. Everyone's thing. prophetic. Yeah, Jesus is prophetic. That John Wimber used to say. I can't heal anybody. He's like, I don't heal people, Jesus does. You know, if, it, if he doesn't do anything, I, I just go home. But he does if I wait for him.
0: So I'm gonna so. pray for people just uh, as a body so we start saying yes to the Lord. Then we're gonna move, change gears and, and move into uh, praying for the sick in a moment. Father, here we are as a community. Those that are in the room, those that are watching online, I ask you for an increase of prophetic yes. dreams. I ask for the people that have never had a dream to start dreaming. Yes. I ask for those that have had a few that you would increase, increase, increase. Lord, I ask you to stir people to ask you that. That from now on, day after day, everyone in our community would ask you for impressions and for dreams and visions. Lord, I just ask you to stir us up. That when we say yes to you, you, we would do more when we start speaking the impressions. I ask for a new compassion to pray for the sick. A new compassion to pray for the sick. So that we lay hands on people instead of just pass them by. And we say thank you, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. One more thing. In that
1: commissioning, understand this. Healing is not the end. An accurate prophetic word is not the end. The end is a person gets closer to Jesus. Excellent. And we really want the Holy Spirit ministry to move people closer to Jesus, not just be wowed by a healing. Ten, ten lepers got healed and only one came back. And Jesus' question was, Where, where's the other nine? He wanted to be with them. He wanted to rejoice with them. and And so... That our, our goal as people ministering in the Spirit is to move people closer
0: to Him. Good, good word. Dan, you got anything you want to say? I mean, you've been doing this for years all over the nation. You've done like, how, how many healing services did you have just for fun? Ballpark. Over a thousand healing services. How many healings have been testified just for fun? Ballpark. Over 65. 65? 65,000 healings have testified back to you. And so you've seen a lot, and so we've talked a a bunch over this. You've seen meetings where nothing happens. You see meetings where you don't feel anything. You feel nothing, but the guy gets healed. The other meeting, you feel something, but they don't get healed. The other meeting, you feel something, they don't get healed, but then the next day they do get healed. There's so many ways it happens. There is just no one way. Anything you wanna add to some of the things that were said?
3: Yes, I want you to sit down.
0: Now you don't want a preacher says, sit down, you know what that means.
3: <laughs> no, just, just relax. This, pursue love is your ultimate pursuit. Love never fails, but desire the supernatural. Spiritual gifts, desire it. i want to paint a picture of what that looks like before we pray. It's, it's the picture of someone who goes on a hunt. How many of you hunt animals in this room? a few of you would understand this you uh you don't take a shower for a week because you don't want to smell like soap and perfume you don't want to scare the animals you you actually let your beard grow. You actually spray yourself with deer urine. I'm, I'm going to extremes. You, you, you do whatever it takes. You get up early and you find a place that you think the deer will be. And then you climb up in a tree when it's freezing and you get there before God's even awake. And then you, it's, it's the picture of pursue. He wants us to go after what he wants to do through us. He doesn't want it to just fall on us. He wants us to be running into his dream coming through us. Amen? And so I have a couple of words. Somebody's um, right foot is like been pounding, and you don't know what it is. You haven't been to the doctor, but God's going to heal that today. There's four or five people that have something going on in the rhythm of your heartbeat. Four or five people, your heart's been bothering you, especially during the COVID stress, and God's going to begin healing on your heart today. There's been, listen, there's been um, something going on with someone's neck, and it's causing a lot of headache pain, and if you'll just stand up right now and raise your hands, that stress will leave and the headache will leave. If you'll just stand up right now, just raise your hands.
0: And the other two words you gave too, stand up as well, is that right? Yes, the
3: words that I gave, just stand up. Um, Somebody's right knee, you don't know if you slept wrong or you stepped down wrong, but your right knee has just been throbbing and it's been really hard to figure it out. If you'll just stand up, I think the Lord wants to touch your right knee. This is so fun because on the way to church this morning, the Lord says, you're gonna be praying for people today. I went, what? I'm sitting, listening to them preach. And he's, look what God does. So that might've been a prophetic word from God to me this morning on the way to church. How about that? Hold on. Don't, please just wait just a second. Some people have been having pain shoot down your leg and it's like a pinched nerve type deal. And it's the left leg and it causes you to miss sleep sometimes. It's very intense. Who's that? Pain shooting down... Your left leg, that's gonna, that's gonna diminish right now. The, the, the anointing is really strong. Everything that Kirk and Mike were saying was like God was rejoicing over it. He wants you to be known as a house for this. I, I came to your permitting last night and prayed for you because God wants to unleash his fire. And his power in this house to affect this region like never before i know you had an awakening 10 years ago i know you have a rich history but god wants to you guys have been laboring in the in the waiting room god wants the victory to come here are you with me church come on but he wants you to be running into the victory he doesn't want you to wait for the victory he wants you running into the victory and so let me see if I hear anything else. Wait a second.
0: Just what, before we go on, last night, he, you came there 6 o'clock. I'm gonna give you a little report. Our Saturday night, 6 p.m. prayer meeting is for this gathering and for this body throughout the week. We had a tremendous response of people come out last night. You were there, and we had a strong prayer meeting. And our prayer meeting is that everybody in this spiritual family will get healed. Every person will walk with the Lord, every person gets saved, and every marriage and relationship will get healed. So we're praying one by one, and I was so blessed you were there last night, but I was surprised how many of the community came out last night, so thank you, that was an encouragement. Is there
2: somebody that had a broken collarbone and you had to have it repaired surgically, if that's you, would you just stand wherever you are? Oh, that's you too? Okay, well, sister, the Lord is just on you this morning, just all of them. Do you have screws there? As well? Yeah, that's what I saw. Is it painful, like bother you? Okay, I feel like the Lord wants to touch you. If that's anyone else too, just go ahead and stand up.
3: And so I know this sounds- And we're not uh, in a
0: hurry. We're gonna take a few more moments.
3: I know this sounds kind of general, but it's not. Um, There's two different specific breathing issues God wants to touch in you today. Breathing? Breathing issues. One of them is allergy related. And one of them is damage to your lungs that God wants to restore the damaged part. So who has this allergy related breathing problem? I don't know if it's sinus related or whatever. Is that you, one over there?
0: Probably a handful.
3: Probably, yeah, I, I felt that very, very strongly. Yes, and then some people, now listen to this, somebody in here, it's been like weeks before you've been able to sleep. You haven't been able to sleep. You just toss and turn, toss and turn, toss and turn, and God's gonna give you the best night's sleep tonight. Who's that? You haven't been able to sleep. Who else is that? Is that you? Man, you? That's three people? Four people? Five? Okay, five people. So you're gonna be able to sleep tonight. You ought to be thankful. Six people. It's gonna be really good. Uh, you're gonna enjoy sleep more than you ever have before amen okay there's uh many people here that have been feeling like you're spiritually bipolar during these days of isolation
1: now qualify that what i mean by that
3: is you've been talking yourself into thinking you have lots of emotional problems even though you don't but we're in a time where everybody's doing a lot of introspection because we have a lot of time on our hands but God wants to lift that dark heaviness off of your emotions this morning, to worry when you go home, it's not like, oh, I have to wait till next Sunday to come to church, I'm stuck, and he's gonna let you feel like he's welcoming you into his private chamber room during the week, and you're not gonna try to numb your emotional distress by watching TV and getting on social media. You're actually gonna start enjoying the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in deeper and deeper realms and it's going to lift the emotional trauma to where depression is going to start leaving and during the worst time in our history of the world you're going to get your deepest emotional healing that's the way god works now if that's you i want you to stand up right now if you've been struggling in your emotions and depression and anxiety and worry and fear and in the worst of times in the darkest hour the light shines the brightest come on In the most impossible situations, the miracles look the best. Am I right?
1: posture yourself to receive. The Spirit's going to move through the whole room right now.
3: Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. You came in with all of us, but you are also waiting on us. You're not only in us, you're with us. You're on us. We're submersed in your presence today. Holy Spirit, this morning when I got up, I just looked at your eyes and I knew you were looking at me. You were waiting on me to get up. I pray that you would just now fall on everyone in a special way in a way that they don't easily get over it. I pray that your love would be intoxicating and it would be hard for them to catch their breath. I pray that your power would be made manifest and they would feel you literally touching their bodies. Holy Spirit, fall on this place today lord why can't you start the western church revival today why do we have to wait till the pandemic lifts why do we have to wait until we don't have to wear masks why do we have to wait until there's a vaccine why can't you start a fire storm today that would sweep the globe would you just come holy spirit now and heal and deliver and touch Hold on tight to us today. Hold on tight to us today. Someone's thyroid's being healed right now. Someone's thyroid's being healed right now. Someone has a sore that's not healing because of diabetes, and that's going to heal up. Something's crooked is straightening right now. There's something crooked. There's a bone straightening right now. Thank you, Isaiah, for writing down the new covenant in Isaiah 59, 21. And it's what Mike and Kirk talked about. You're gonna put your words in our mouth and our children's mouth and our children's children's mouth as an everlasting covenant. This is the baptism of the Spirit. We can hear and speak what God speaks. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing presence in this room. Now, I don't know how to instruct them, Kirk and Mike, on how to touch each other. In the... You need to do that. It's your church. Okay,
1: we have some more words of knowledge. Yeah. Stay here. There's there's a rent, resting of the Holy Spirit in the room right now. Let Him rest on you. If you need to leave, that's fine. But uh, uh, let the Spirit rest on you. Let's keep quiet and, and let Him rest on you. Isaac, you got a word?
2: Yeah, someone has a, a maybe a few. I don't even know what this means. Fused vertebrae in in their lower back or something. I don't know if that's a thing. I genuinely that's don't a know thing if that's a thing. That comes but you don't have to stand. Because I felt that the spirits say that you could just stay seated. But if that's you, if you would just wave your hand, we just wanna pray for you, Lord. Touch in the name of Jesus. Lord, every sick body in this room, touch in the name of Jesus. Touch in the name of Jesus. You love to heal, Lord.
0: with me.